I tend to like SZA, or at least try to. I give SZA a chance. Well, that's not really true. When her first album came out, I'm pretty sure it was the first album, what, 2017, 18? I think it was like called Control or something like that. Um, I actually hated the album. Well, I told myself I hated it, but there was a lot of songs on there that I actually like. And then, did she have an album in between, or was she just dropping singles? Obviously, y'all know I love Good Days. Um, she had something else out there that was cool, but she dropped her album recently. I still haven't listened to it all the way through, but there's just something about female toxicity that just rubs me the wrong way. I, I, I don't, I don't understand. Like female toxicity, it's, it's just, it's just hurtful. It's just mean. You know what I mean? Like male toxicity, like that's just, it's, it's playful. It's fun. It's funny. But women, like they just always take it to the next level and it's just so... Like, the fuck do you mean you're fucking my friend because you miss me? Bitch, I should kill you. Comedy style. I'm just saying, though. Like, they, they just always take it to a, a, a the point of no return. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it doesn't compute. And I don't understand female logic, but I, I don't, well, <laughs> female logic's an oxymoron like Jumbo Shrimp. But I just, I just don't, their, their rationale on these decisions are just psychotic but whatever this isn't about SZA I haven't heard enough of the album to really you know go into it but it's from what I've seen and the bits that I've heard it's it's just problematic and I mean we're just empowering women to be awful creatures awful awful creatures nothing about female empowerment is positive nothing at all but this episode is not about that right now um also I guess we should briefly touch on Chris Beard uh, head coach for the University of Texas. So, uh, woke up this morning to the news that uh, he has been arrested for domestic violence against a family member. When I saw that headline, I knew all I needed to know. Now, obviously, I can be wrong. We're still gathering all the details. But looking at that headline, it makes it very obvious that this was not a female victim. If it was a female victim, they would not have hesitated make sure that that was known and clear to everyone so that we could further cancel Chris Beard. Now, what's up guys? Michael here. Appreciate you for listening thus far. So I'm about to get into the whole um, Chris Beard, Texas basketball coach situation. And um, I, so I was speaking um, from uh, just the initial reports very, very, very early. Um, and I, I, I was wrong. I was wrong in my initial um, theory. Um, you know, it was just a theory. It was just a theory, but you know, it's clearly um is exactly what you would think it would be whenever you hear the words domestic violence. Um, you know, I just thought it was interesting that they didn't specify because typically when you hear domestic violence, like obviously it comes with a certain connotation, but it can just mean like they were very specific, like against a family member in the household or whatever. So the, it, it was very vague. It could have been a family friend. I assumed that because of the way it was worded, it was more than likely a man. Well. It wasn't. It was. Uh, it was his fiance, and um, I decided to do a little addendum to that. I'm still gonna include my initial thoughts in it because you know, you know, I was wild and I was podding. Um, but this, this is, you know, this is more current. This is more uh, fresh. What you're gonna hear later on, that was, you know, just early thoughts, initial reactions. Okay. So since I'm going to do this addendum, I think it's best that we actually get into the actual facts of the case now that we have some more. Uh, so I'm gonna read a little bit from the police report. Now, 
Uh, when speaking to Blank, she stated that her and her fiancé, whom she has been with for a total of six years, had been upset with each other for a couple of days regarding relationship issues. However, Blank was not specific. Blank was asked if, there were verbal if their verbal altercation had turned physical at any point, to which Blank replied, yes. He just snapped on me and became super violent. Blank then began describing what her fiancé Christopher had done, such as, He choked me, threw me off the bed, bit me, bruises all over my leg, throwing me around, and going nuts. Blank concluded her statement by stating, I just did not feel safe as to why she had called 911. So it doesn't look good. Doesn't sound good at all. Doesn't sound good at all. Now, I will say this. I know this is going to be unpopular. This is why this is politically incorrect. I believe people are innocent until proven guilty. Now, this this looks really, really bad. And I also, you know, I don't condone hitting women. But I do sometimes understand. That's all I'm going to... I, I do sometimes understand. I wouldn't do it. Never done it. Don't condone it. But, you know, I, I you know, there's there's a lot of factors at play. All I'm saying is... I would like to believe that we live in a world where men know that they are physically superior to women in general. So with that being said, a man has to show a certain level of restraint given this difference between the two genders. With that understanding that I believe all men have, I think that if a man is going to put his hands on a woman, She's more than likely pressed him to a very, 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 very dark place. Now, I do know there's obviously situations guys are just, you know, sick in the head. That one football player from last year who went crazy on his, I think, his girl or whatever, Miles Bridges, you know, he had that situation. We still don't know the details about that situation. Or maybe I just don't remember the details of the situation. But I just think, you know... There's there's a lot of factors at play. Again, I don't condone it, but we don't know what got us to this point. Well, we have a little bit more information. Blank was asked if the choking impeded her breathing, to which she replied, yes. I cannot breathe. He did it for probably like five seconds where she proceeded to demonstrate having an arm across her neck. Additionally, Blank stated that Christopher had placed an arm around her neck while he was behind her. Okay, strangling's bad. Strangling is bad. Strangling is really, really, really bad. And it also reads bad as well, so definitely not in his favor. The only people that really know what happened that day, that night, are those two. So, yeah, yeah doesn't look too good. Um, Let's see. During my interview with Blank, she stated that today Christopher was mad at her. He had not been communicating while he was at work, and upon his return from work, she went to the guest room to check on him. So, you know what? We're going to have to break this down. She went to the guest room to check on him. So they're arguing, there's tension, there's the issue, and she's just, you know, I just wanted to check on him. I just wanted to make sure he was okay. I wanted to work on us. That that's that's what they want to perceive. That that that's that's what they're trying to relay. Could have been her just, you know, like on that nigga ass about some shit, whatever they were arguing about. She could have could have again, innocent until proven guilty. Could have been on some aggressive shit. If he was just straight up ready to rumble, he would have walked in and just got to it. He isolated himself, went to the guest room. He needed more time to cool off, gather his thoughts, yada, yada, yada. I'm just saying, I don't condone these actions. I'm just trying to, you know, interpret what I'm seeing based off the facts that are given here. 
However, while Blank was speaking to Christopher in their guest room, she stated that Christopher was lying slash sitting upright in bed and was twirling his reading glasses in his hand. When she became frustrated, oh, yeah, was turning, twirling his reading glasses in the hand. When she became frustrated, after Blank became frustrated, Blank stated that she took the glasses from Christopher's hands and broke them. Let's stop right there. As a nigga that wears glasses himself, again, I don't condone hating women. I've never hit a woman. I don't think I would ever hit a woman. You break my glasses, though. Well, I never thought I'd be in that situation either, so I don't know what would happen. I don't know. That is that that that's highly disrespectful. Like I I am I'm a man. We both know that I'm the physically superior person in this situation, and you're going to take my glasses out of my hands and break them. Yes, they can easily be replaced, but so can she. She's a fiance, not a wife. I'm yeah, I'm I'm just saying she she only did that because she just knew there was no way there would be physical repercussions to her actions. In this situation, we were wrong, uh, and you know we're, uh, I'm going to get to that as well. Following the breaking of Christopher's glasses, Blank stated that she went back to their master bedroom. After a period of approximately 10 to 15 minutes, Blank stated that Christopher went to their bedroom and was upset about his broken glasses when she attempted to offer a new pair of glasses to Christopher. Okay. So again, oh my god, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to break your glasses, here's another pair. <laughs> That's what they want us to believe went down. She's probably still talking shit on her high horse, she just did yada yada because women have no concept of violence. They're never really presented with violence. They're never in situations where there's an underlying sense of violence. Men, we have that all the time. So you have to know how to operate within that. If you know the thing, like, you know, there's a certain line. There's a certain line that men know we can't go past that line. Such as breaking their glasses. Just saying. Uh, t -t 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 where did I leave off? Okay. While in their room, after being offered a new pair of glasses, Blank stated that Christopher slapped the glasses she was wearing off of her face. Okay. So, uh, you know, got his look back. Um, Blank stated that when she and Christopher were lying so slitting upright in bed, she attempted to retrieve her glasses, at which time she was thrown by Christopher from the bed onto the floor. Okay. Okay. Again. If everything that happened in that exact manner happened, then obviously Chris Beard is in for a bad time. Chris Beard's lawyer obviously came out and said he is 100% innocent of these charges. Uh, they should be dismissed and yada yada. And obviously there's evidence of some physical of a struggle. They said this, you know, she had bite marks and bruises and things. And the bite mark, the bite marks are crazy. The bite marks are crazy. I, I, I the bite marks are crazy. But... I, I do, I do believe it's unfair, but this is the world we live in. We have to show at all times, especially dealing with women, that you have to show, you have to demonstrate an immense level of restraint. They are allowed to do and say whatever they want, and if you react, you're going to jail. <laughs> it's that simple. You are going to jail. Doesn't matter who you are. You are going to jail. Um, now, I will say also, um, you know, the University of Texas. Um, is in a bit of a t difficult spot right now. I think this is year two with him, and they're uh, this is the best they've looked in quite some time. Uh, and you know, obviously, you know, Austin, Travis County, liberal as fuck. So you know, they're obviously calling for him to be fired. And I mean, some things are just hard to you know 
look past. But I, I, I do think coaches have been in this situation or worse, you know, in the past. And, you know, they, they were able to, you know, maneuver around it. But the nail in the coffin for Chris Beard is the fact that his assistant coach, who is now the acting head coach, Rodney Terry, I believe, is a black man. Not just a black man, but he is a black man with history at the University of Texas. He was on Rick Barnes' staff. So, um, his job's as good as gone. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate for everybody at play. It's unfortunate for his fiance, wife. It's unfortunate for him. It's unfortunate for the University of Texas. It's unfortunate for those players. But the identity politics is going to definitely get Chris Beard the fuck out of here. Even if he's found guilt, uh, not guilty, they get the charges dismissed, all that, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, black guy with experience. It's a wrap, Chris. It's a wrap. Anyway, that was that. These are my new thoughts. Given more information, you know, I was still wild, and then you know the part that I'm about to let you hear. But you know, just wanted to make sure I got this on record. So back to the episode already in progress. The laws are the laws. There's good and bad, right and wrong. But when you achieve certain things, accomplish things, have a certain status amongst yourself. I mean, some rules are kind of negotiable. You know, some things are kind of like, you know, what's right for you isn't necessarily a requirement for me. You know, I, you know, I think the higher you go in life, the more of a leash you're given. So for people calling for Chris Beard to be fired immediately, it's, uh, (laughs) what? University of Texas basketball has not looked this good in quite some time quite some time and i mean i think that he's a major factor in that and you want to get rid of this man for i'm just reading between the lines i can be wrong but because they didn't say a female i'm assuming this was a male victim so because you know what let's just play it let's just play it conspiracy theory conspiracy theory time all right but all right so boom his wife's cheating on him he gets home late He's out recruiting or something. Nah, nah, then the season, he's not recruiting. But he, his wife's cheating on him. You know, she don't have no tact or nothing. You know, she just, she's sloppy with it. She over here in the house with it. He comes home, it's like some fucking Mr. Big shit. You know what I'm saying? He sees this nigga, he's losing his mind. He's getting upset. He starts choking a nigga out. She's over here, stop, you're hurting him. You're hurting him. Ah. And like, she freaks the fuck out, calls the cops on this nigga. Next thing we know, he's going to jail. He's booked for domestic violence. Ain't that a bit, well... I guess they would consider that. See, this is this is where like legal jargon, because in that scenario that I described, that just sounds like assault. What's the difference between domestic violence and assault? Is just domestic violence just any assault that takes place within a home? Huh. And if so, like, what? What? I, that, that, that's that's. I'm, now I'm thinking about it. I, I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand. Because domestic violence has a certain connotation with it, but assault just, I would think assault sounds worse. Hmm. I don't know, something to think about, but his lawyers already came out and said he's 100% innocent. It is what it is. Um, He's definitely going to get his day in court, and as long as they're winning games, uh, I hate to say, but uh, he'll be fine, you know? Like, if Michael Vick were, like, winning championships, he might have had a little bit of a longer leash, you know, with that whole situation. Anyway, 
regardless not the point not no facts out there right now we don't know what's going on but i think we should just kind of wait this guy's a they're seven and one right now they're like a top five team in the nation let's let, let's hear him out you know let's hear him out that's all i'm saying let's hear him out I mean, Mac Brown could have gotten away with fucking homicide as long as he was winning 10 games a year, you know? So, I mean, as a matter of fact, under Mac Brown's leadership, the University of Texas was running it up with the rest. They were like the Cincinnati Bengals with it. But we didn't care. Well, I cared because I hate Texas. Well, Texas football. But they didn't, people didn't care. It was like, hey, 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 hey sometimes you got to rob people, you know? Hey, I understand. Hey, sometimes you got to do drugs. Yeah, what are we talking about? What's, what's the issue? Anyway. Um, let's go ahead and get into, um, I have some fun episodes, uh, planned for y'all, um, later this week, or, well, maybe in the coming weeks, I might have to spread them out, because, uh, I, I have been procrastinating, I need to get to the year-end episode, compiling some of my favorite moments of the year into one big, old, four, five-hour podcast, hopefully you enjoyed the one last year, and if you didn't, you know, you can go back to it, the one last year, I made a nice little drinking game, or exercise game out of it, and it got all of the best moments of last year, uh, so, you know, if, if you like the pod, and haven't listened to that one, go back through, I believe it was the best of 2021, and, uh, it's, hey, it's, it's four and a half, five hours, so if you're somebody that listened to pods to kill time, check it out, just saying. Anyway, let's go into, uh, let's look at my uh, picks, because another Sunday has gone by, and I don't think I recapped with y'all last week, but either way, we're up to date as of now. Uh, so, my NFL picks that I made back in August, uh, we're dipping now, we're dipping. It's it's not it's not as good as it used to be. Uh, earlier in the year, I was around 54%, um, and slowly but surely, it's been dipping down, but I, am ha- I would love to be at 54, but I will be content being above 50%, because, you know, that over 50% of the time, you're winning. Over 50% is the majority. The majority of the time, you won. Or you're right. Whatever. Uh, currently sitting at 199 and 179. Uh, now obviously, the Monday night game has not been played yet. Well, I'm recording this on Monday. Who knows when this episode will come out? Sometime this week. Uh, but we're 199 and 179 for 52.6%. Uh, now, the only thing I really want to talk about as far as the NFL this past weekend is... Um, I'm being proven right more and more and more as Tua Tagovailoa plays. I don't see it. I don't believe in him. He's not special. I, 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 no. Oh, his accuracy, his completion percentage. Like, bro, he is, for the most part, dinking and dunking to Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, and they're taking off. He does take his shots to Tyreek Hill, and Tyreek Hill... The yards after catch are really, really, really helping him. And Tyreek Hill is having to stop and make spectacular catch after spectacular catch after spectacular catch. With Patrick Mahomes, he just had to keep keep running in stride. That's all. Keep running in stride. Uh, and I, I genuinely believe that a lot of, like, I don't think the offense falls off that much with Teddy Bridgewater. I know he came in that one game. He wasn't mentally prepared to play. Like, I, I don't. And then the next game, he got the concussion. I, I genuinely believe if Geno Smith is in that Dolphins offense, they are the number one team in the AFC. I truly believe that. Um, and, well, we saw what happened last night. Um, anything else on football I care about? Uh, I was going to have a little MVP discussion. Maybe I'll save that for uh, Wesley. Maybe we'll talk with MVP or Wesley. I, already, I mean, that's not going to really go anywhere because we already know he's just going to say Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts. And I would agree. Jalen Hurts is killing it right now. Their record is the record. So, you know, he definitely has a leg to stand upon. Uh, he'll never win it. But I, I, I think that Geno Smith does deserve some consideration because I, I 
I, I think I had the the Seattle going two and fifteen this season, and uh, wow. And I definitely believed in Russell Wilson. Way wrong on that. They did turn up yesterday for a little bit, but Patrick Mahomes did what Patrick Mahomes does. Anyway, let's go ahead and uh, look at my. Uh, I don't. This this ain't gonna be a too long one. It's gonna be short and sweet. Um, my NBA system that I was telling y'all about. So pretty much that is again. Uh, I'm always picking the Warriors. Oh yeah, they came out against the Celtics. You know what I'm saying? I'm always picking the Warriors. Always picking the uh, Bucks. Always picking the Clippers. And always picking the Nuggets because I believe that those teams are. Well, in the beginning of the year, I thought those teams were a lock to win a minimum of 50 games. So if you win 50 games, so if you go 50 and 32, you're about a 60% win percentage. And, you know, 60% win percentage is uh, very uh, profitable. Very, very, very profitable. Uh, So I'm picking them all the time. And I'm also uh, picking against the Spurs, which started off bad, but now that it's looking good. Uh, The Pacers, mm, it's not doing as well as I thought it would be. And the Utah Jazz, uh, well, that's not doing that great as well. But... All in all, where we stand right now, I am 109 and 80 with this system, which is good for 57.6%. I like to round up to 58. So, uh, yeah, things are looking good so far. Things are looking really, really, really good. Um, Tony Omega in trial. I don't really have anything to say about that. Is there anything else I want to address with y'all before? Like I said, this is going to be a nice, short, and sweet episode. Uh, Chris Beard, Umar Johnson... Mm. no no i don't i don't think there's uh, anything here um i will be doing a uh pod later this weekend or yeah this weekend um sharing my bowl picks um unfortunately it's going to be after utsa's game because i plan on doing that on saturday um and utsa plays on friday i'm actually really upset that utsa is like the first bowl game being played also, well, I did I did somewhat dodge a bullet because had things broken out the way that they should have, if South Florida could have held on to the victory against Central Florida, then UTSA had an outside chance of making it to the Cotton Bowl. Now, I think it worked out the way it was supposed to because if you know, the Cotton Bowl this year is Tulane versus USC. So you, it, in theory, there was an outside chance that it would have been UTSA versus USC in the Cotton Bowl. And uh, that would have been problematic for me, guys. Very, very, very problematic. Obviously, it's my alma mater versus my favorite school. It's tough, though, because, uh, I mean, I've been a Trojan longer than I've been a Roadrunner. And I said many a times at UTSA, like, hey, guys, if we were to ever play USC, like, I'm rooting for them. Like, facts. <laughs> Fuck us. I'm rooting for them. <laughs> like, hey, we got history. I've been I've, I've been invested with USC for quite some time. Like, hey, it just is what it is. So glad I got to dodge that bullet. I do love my Roadrunners, though, just as long as they're not playing USC. And, I, well, actually, I don't know what I would think. I mean, you could say it's a win-win for me, um, had that have happened, but we don't have to worry about it. Not concerned. I don't have to see Frank, uh, you know, running through that USC defense, and I don't have to see, well, Caleb Williams probably isn't playing, but I don't have to see my Trojans, you know, running it up on UTSA, so I'm happy I dodged that bullet. But playing the first bowl game is very, very, very upsetting. Like, we're a number 25 team in the nation, or my fault, we're a top 25 team in the nation. Um, Great offense. Frank's coming back for another year. Very excited about what that could bring. And they have us in the fucking Kafilka Fish dog shit, we don't give a fuck bowl. Something about being 11-2 and and being in this bowl game just really grinds my fucking gears. But 
it is what it is. At least they get to go to Orlando. So I still don't understand how that works because when I was in school with Conference USA, like the way like, we never went to a bowl, but what the understanding was the conference champs get to pick what bowl they go to. And then second, third, fourth, fifth, from there on out, they get to pick which bowls they go to. So, I mean, maybe, you know, I, I guess the business decision is you want to go somewhere where your fans will travel because I guess maybe they get a share of the ticket revenue or something like that. I think. I don't know how that works. But I would think that you want to go to the best destination. So, like, the past couple of years, like, they've been to the New Mexico Bowl. They've been to the First Responders Bowl, their Serve Pro, whatever bowl, and TCU. And I forgot what the bowl was called last year. Maybe that was the bowl they went to last year. But, like, if we if we did our job, if we won 10, 11 games, like, bro, I'm trying to go to the Bahamas. I'm trying to go to Miami. Miami. I'm trying to go to the Bahamas. I'm trying to go to Hawaii. I'm trying to go to New Orleans. I'm trying to go to Atlanta. I'm trying to go to New York. You know what I'm saying? Like, Orlando, that's cool, but. <sighs> Fuck it. Whatever. It is what it is. Happy for him. Excited for the game. And we got a shitty time. Why the fuck are we playing a foot? Like, this is a 2 two p.m. kickoff on a Friday for an 11 and 2 team. Two 11 and 2 teams, in fact. We're playing against Troy. Uh, I think they're in the Sun Belt. I don't know what conference they're in. Um, Troy's actually favorited. So, you know, very interested to see how this will play out and very hopeful. And I mean, it's not going to be a part of the bowl projection episode, but or the bowl picks episode. But obviously, I'm picking UTSA to win. Hopefully, we're able to um, get that monkey off of our back and win our first bowl game in school history. So, looking forward to it. Got more episodes in the tuck. Hopefully, y'all enjoy those. And um, you know, if you liking the content thus far, I mean, you know, you could stop being broke and get Spotify because you know it's way more over there. Way, way, way more over there. While I was doing all that, talking about college coaches and, you know, recapping the uh, NFL and everything, you know, I forgot to completely go into, this is the whole reason why I wanted to do this episode. I completely forgot about it. I don't know how I do that shit. But, um, Deion Sanders. So I've been talking about Deion a little bit and we and Wesley talked about it a little bit in our last episode. Um, but I've been, I've been thinking about it a little bit more and, you know, I just, I, I have some more thoughts about the situation. So, um, Dion obviously last year I don't know if people remember but last year he had the opportunity to be the head coach for TCU uh he turned it down for Jackson State um and I think that would have been dope I mean he's not from Texas but you know he's spent quite a lot of time in Texas uh his kids are from Texas and I think that would have been a great fit so if he was going to end up making this jump anyway I mean I think TCU would have been better also no state tax in Texas so you know more bread uh, but yeah, I you know he decided to make that jump cool good for him um, I'm not too upset about it. Um, I mean, I would have liked for him to have stayed at Jackson State just because of the way that he presented himself as like the savior of the swag and, you know, just going to put HBCUs on the map. And I've always thought and he was kind of getting well, not kind of he was getting it done. I always thought we all know that the best athletes are black, respectfully, the best athletes in general. How about that? The best athletes in general are black. So if we have a league full of black people or a conference, better yet, why isn't this the best conference in the nation? Well, you know, we don't give a fuck about our own. That's another issue that, you know, Dion was definitely helping with. Definitely, definitely helping with. And he was able to do what he did at Jackson State. Now, I was thinking, because he also was in talks, allegedly he was in talks with Nebraska and Auburn. But ended up choosing Colorado. So now I'm thinking, Colorado is the perfect fit because they're 1-11. He can come in there, bring his guys, 
they don't really have much of a foundation so he'll be able to build and grow but i think the biggest thing about this that i haven't seen talked about at all is the opportunity that this is for his son and at the end of the day i think Dion has a lot of lavar ball in him which could end up being problematic now He's obviously bringing his son, possibly his other son, Shiloh. Uh, I love Shiloh. Uh, he's bringing, bringing his kids. And the Pac-12, so he was he was making a case. Uh, that I've been infatuated with the Sanders family as of late. I've, I've went down a rabbit hole watching all these videos on YouTube. They're, they, they, they're, I love it. I love the Sanders family. I love it. It's great. Uh, they, they they need to keep that up. They need to bring back the reality show. I didn't even know they had a reality show, but it's it's fire. Especially now seeing how the kids grew up and everything. I, I love it. I've very much, um, like I said, been infatuated with this whole thing. Now, the opportunity for his son. He thought that he could be a Heisman candidate, which, I mean, Dion, you're supposed to say that. That's your son. He put up great numbers in the SWAC. He was freshman of the year, freshman All-American, SWAC Offensive Player of the Year, SWAC MVP. Like, he got all the awards and accolades. And he was a four-star recruit coming out of high school. So, you know, eh, you know, he was committed to Florida Atlantic originally, but then ended up deciding to go to Jackson State. But he also had offers from, you know, a lot of the big schools, but he probably realized that he might not got the opportunity to play um, at the big schools. Goes to Jackson State, balls out. Now his dad is leaving for quote unquote greener pastures. Uh, Colorado, like I mentioned, one eleven. Their starting quarterback last year was Owen McCown, son of Luke McCown, um, or maybe Josh McCown, one of the McCowns. Uh, he decided to transfer after Dion uh, told pretty much everybody, um, "I'm coming. I'm bringing my luggage and this Louis." So Shadur, uh, as long as he does what he's supposed to do, should be able to walk into that starting job, and he's definitely going to have some talent around him. <laughs> But I'm thinking the SEC isn't that, you know, what they say is the best conference in college football. And if you're wanting to get your son the most exposure and prepare him for the next level, because this is what Dion preaches to not just his kids, but whenever he's recruiting, he he's telling them, like, no, we're going to get you to the next level. So when did you think the SEC might be the best for that? Or does Dion think maybe the SEC possibly could have exposed Shadur? The Pac-12? They have some good defensive players, but as a whole, I don't, you know, they, they aren't really that known for their defense. Uh, so I think Dion ended up really taking this job to give his son the best opportunity to make it to the NFL. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. But this is where the issue lies with me. Because Dion was coaching at a Prime Prep Academy, and then he went to Trinity, wherever the school was that Shadur ended up going to. And, uh, and then, obviously, he went to Jackson State, and Shadur followed him to Jackson State. I am just concerned how much of this is about maximizing his son's opportunity and Dion actually truly being committed to the job of being a college football coach. Because Shadur has two more years. I believe Deion signed a four or five year deal. Is Deion Sanders still going to have that same drive to be a college football coach when his son is no longer playing? Now, granted, it's still opportunity. I'm sure Deion loves the game of football, so there's still opportunity. Even if his son doesn't make it to the next level, if he's a head coach, his son can be a GA or he can even be an offensive coordinator and he can, you know, work his way along the ranks and be a coach. So it's still a great opportunity. But I, I'm, I'm not sure Deion's going to have that same drive. Like, again, he got into coaching because he was coaching his sons. 
he coaches his sons. Shiloh, he was a year older or two years older. He goes to South Carolina. Shiloh comes to Jackson State when Dion goes to Jackson State. But he's been coaching Shador basically his entire life. What he, Dion claims to not have any interest in going to the NFL. And if Shadur ends up going to the NFL, I, I just I I want to see that dynamic. We have not seen Deion Sanders in this coaching capacity that we've been seeing for the last couple of years without having a Sanders on the roster. So if I'm Colorado, I'm a little little leery of that. How committed is he really to this? Just saying. Uh, now, obviously, there's the whole issue with um, Jackson State with the whole money situation. Uh, I don't even I don't, actually I, I really don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into it. Um, apparently, there was, you know, some financial reasons that may have been a factor in Dion wanting to leave Jackson State. But whatever. It is what it is. I mean, unfortunately, you, shady business and black business sometimes go hand in hand. Uh, Shiloh, I love Shiloh. Like I've said, I love Shiloh Sanders. If you if you're not familiar with the Sanders family or Shiloh Sanders, go ahead and look. Just Google Shiloh or YouTube Shiloh Sanders. You're gonna be thoroughly entertained. Thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly entertained. Dion really hates that nigga. He really fucking hates Shiloh. Like, <laughs> I just love the dynamic. I love the relationship between them. It's it's, it's great. It's great, and it's it's really it's actually kind of awkward too. Cause like I've like I said I, I've. When I like something, I go OD. I'm gonna do a love list later on. Like a hate, hate list is on the way, but um, shot. It appears as if Dion likes his second set of kids more than his original. It appears. Obviously, I'm sure he has love for them, and the love that he has for them is different in its own way, shape, or form. But Dion seems to be more invested in uh, Shiloh, Shadur, and Shalomi, so or Shalabai, Shalabai. So um. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. And it's just Dion got the strongest DNA in the world. They all, except for Shalomi, Shalabai, they uh, and DeAndre. Okay, his boys look just like him, which I mean, obviously that's what's fuck's supposed to happen. But it, it's <laughs> it Shiloh. Shiloh is Dion, but at the same time, so is Shadur. It's just it's it's hilarious. It's uh, I just watch, watch the videos. Watch the videos. I love it. I love watching it. I'm. I'm in a tough spot because obviously I'm a USC fan, but I I am definitely rooting for Colorado. Definitely rooting for Colorado, and I do believe. Um, you know, I'm gonna call it now. I'm gonna call it now. December 2022, the Colorado Buffs are beating the TCU Horn Frogs Week One, 2023. That's the first game of the season. I think it's interesting that Dion's gonna open up his you know Power Five venture uh, against a team that one he could have been coaching, two a team that's currently in the college football playoffs, and three somewhat his kids hometown home area um but i do believe they're going to win that game as a matter of fact i think they're going to start the year five and oh i think they're going to start the year five and oh but you know we'll see i'm just calling it here now early and last but not least before we get up out of here got some sad news today mike leach has passed away mike leach is definitely one of my favorite college football coaches growing up Pete Carroll was obviously, you know, number one because, you know, USC. But Mike Leach, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed that guy. I loved his offense, uh, the air raid, just slinking it 70 times a game. Texas Tech always had a quarterback. It was exciting. That was the type of football that I loved to watch. And I went up to Washington State for a while. He was at Mississippi State. 
Um, he gave the best interviews. I, I, I really, really enjoyed Mike Leach. And uh, it's sad, it's sad uh, that uh, he's no longer with us. Uh, thoughts and prayers to uh, the Mississippi State, Washington State, Texas Tech. Um, all the lives that he impacted. It's, it's, man, I, I really, I, I, I definitely followed. I definitely followed Mike Leach. I definitely followed. It was never my favorite team because obviously, you know, USC and then, you know, later on, it'll get UTSA. But Mike Leach is definitely, if, if I would have been good enough, I would have committed to Mike Leach. I definitely would have committed to Mike Leach. Um, but that's that. Uh, appreciate y'all for listening. And uh, there's going to be some more episodes this week. I need to get on my shit. I need to definitely get on my shit because uh, I already got some in the tuck. I just need to, you know, <sighs> get them out, which I already know I said in the other part. Yeah, this is an addendum as well or an additional piece because I forgot to completely talk about Dion. Oh, and, you know, I'll end with this. Adult Swim, you log, watch it.